Hello, HR professionals. Good news. This episode of the Cool Leaf podcast is valid for 0.5 professional development credits towards SHRM CP, SHRM SCP, and HRCI recertification. Stay tuned to access your certification code. Welcome to The Great Retention, a show spotlighting executive leaders who are building award-winning cultures where people feel empowered, seen, and recognized. I'm your host, John Duesberg, and I co-founded my own company and this podcast with the simple idea that life is short, so why not love the people with whom you work? We have a passion for helping people-first leaders like you connect individuals and teams inside of your organization to create stronger workplace communities and cultures. So whether you're leading a small business or a large enterprise, fully distributed or in the office, welcome to our community here at The Great Retention. On today's episode, you get to learn from Sylvia Taylor, Chief Human Resources Officer at Safeguard Products International, and Kevin Henry, Executive Vice President and Chief People Officer at Pulte Group. Sylvia is an experienced human resources leader who has operated in both U.S. and international environments. She has held or led key roles in HR with organizations such as General Motors, PepsiCo, ExxonMobil, The Weather Channel, and AutoTrader. Kevin has more than 30 years of experience managing and developing talent and teams for major companies. Most recently, he served as the Chief People Officer for Blue Links, a leading wholesale distributor in residential and commercial building products. Sylvia and Kevin share their insights on the role of purpose and values in leadership, the strategic use of employee feedback, and the importance of diversity in the workplace. We tie this conversation to the bottom line by discussing the importance of demonstrating return on investment and the business impact of HR leadership. This conversation was hosted by Cooleaf as part of a webinar titled Future Proofing HR, Driving a Positive Impact for Employees and Business in 2024. Learn more about Cooleaf by visiting cooleaf.com. That's C-O-O-L-E-A-F.com. All right, let's jump right into the conversation with Sylvia and Kevin. So excited to, to jump in here with you, Kevin. I actually got to, to know Kevin originally at your former company when you were a customer of Cool Leaf and um, since then have developed a friendship. Kevin's one of those guys that there's just a presence in a room. I, I always uh, leave inspired whenever we're, you know, we're, we're talking, but so grateful that you're here with us today. So thank you, Kevin. John, thank you, and and um, I'm loving all the comments in the chat. I'm I'm humbled by your um, your kind words. Just to share a little more context about my background, so you'll understand my perspective. Let me lead with most important. I am a husband to Tina. Uh, we've been married almost 27 years, and uh, father to Tyler and Taylor. Uh, Tyler's a law student, and uh, Taylor is uh, about to graduate in May. So um, I'm really most excited about getting him off the payroll, hopefully. Um, but uh, it, it's been a real blessing and a privilege um, to, to be their dad and to be Tina's husband. I've got a 35-year career in, uh, in, in HR. In uh, 27 years, uh, I've been in the top seat um, as both a CHRO, a CPO, I serve on a public board company uh, called SIA. It's a, a transportation company, uh, about a $10, $11 billion market cap company headquartered here in Atlanta. Uh, I serve on the comp committee and the audit committee. 
Um, I've also served on uh, a private company board, um, several university boards, including my alma mater, Cornell University, and um, a number of uh, community-based boards. And so service is very important to me. And um, using your uh, God-given gifts and talents uh, to, to be a good steward of what you've been put in charge of. Um, my background, I've got consumer packaged goods, manufacturing, distribution, uh, financial services, retail, um, hospitality, and, and now construction and real estate. And remember years ago, my mother asked me the question whether or not I could keep a job uh, because I've, I've worked a bunch of places. Um, you know, what drew me to Pulte Group um, um, and I'm asked often, and, and I should preface all of this, I have a, a strong um, faith perspective and constitution within myself. Um, it, it's uniquely mine, um, but, it, but it's there. And um, I get asked all the time, have you managed your career? Have you made these choices? You know, they, it seemed to have worked out pretty good for you. And what I always respond with is, it's not me. Um, and I'm not actively trying to manage my career. Um, what I'm trying to do is be obedient and be of service where I can be helpful. And um, so what drew me to Pulte Group is uh, a company that I think, and I joined in June of this year, again, just to give you context, so a little over five months, um, a company that's got very good bones. Um, Pulte Group, we're a large national home builder. Um, we'll deliver about 30,000 homes this year um, where we, we literally drop the keys of a new home into the hands of a new homeowner. And um, really good company, good bones, strong culture, um, a company that gets it. And, and when I say it, it's everything that John articulated, everything you're going to hear Sylvia talk about, um, much what many of us on the call are acutely aware of, which is um, the value and the importance of people and engaging people and leveraging people and uh, accomplishing great things through people. And so it's a company that gets it. Um, it's a company, again, that's really good. Some might say we're a great company. We uh, have been humbled and honored to have received a bunch of designations on the fortune list of great companies and um, the great place to work designations. But what also uh, inspired me to join the organization was an interest and a commitment and a desire to be extraordinary. So not just to be good, not just to be great, but to be extraordinary and, and use this platform that we have really to lean in and invest into the lives of others. Um, one of the things that really strikes me and, and was attractive to me uh, here at Pulte Group is our missional purpose, our reason for being. And it's, you know, we aspire to build incredible places where people can live their dreams. Build incredible places where people can live their dreams. And I remember reading that and talking to Tina about that, and talking to the boys about that, because we talk about, you know, where I invest my time. And, and I said, how cool is that? to be able to lean in and use a platform uh, to, to build extraordinary and amazing places where people can live their dreams. And um, it's been a fabulous journey. I'm blessed to work with a great team, uh, wonderful folks that, you know, I, I work hard to earn the right to serve and um, to make sure that we carry out our missional purpose and 
we meet the expectations of, of those who have expectations of us. Uh, but again, uh, pleasure to be here. Um, last comment I'd make, while, while my core experience has been in HR, um, I've also run uh, marketing, um, I've run uh, procurement, I've run guest relations, I've run operations. Um, I've been an assistant to the president, I've been the chief of staff to the CEO, um, all from the perch of being the head of human resources. And so I offer all that as um, maybe some inspiration for many of you on the call on where you can go with this vocation and this uh, wonderful discipline that uh, we are all a part of. But it's um, been a real joy and a pleasure and um, look forward to, again, spending some more time with everybody here this afternoon. Yeah, thank you, Kevin, uh, for that background. And, you know, you, you know, one of the things I wanted to to lean into a little bit more is that you mentioned one, you know, a big reason why you decided to invest your your time into Pulte was that purpose, you know, enabling people to live their dreams, you know, literally handing over, you know, keys, you know, which is probably one of the most significant moments in someone's life, right? Um, changes the trajectory of their life. Um, and so, you know, just like that, you know, it sounds like that really was uh, uh, meaningful and attracting you to uh, Pulte. Probably similar for other other teammates and, and you know people coming into the organization. So, how do you how do you how do you kind of reinforce that? How do you bottle that up, if you will, and make sure that that stays top of mind, right? That because because it can be a grind, right? We all have deadlines. We all are you know hustling, and but how do we just make sure that that purpose stays as uh, part of the you know day to day, you know the culture, if you will. Um, how are you starting to approach that at Pulte? Yeah, no, great, great question, John. You know, from a systemic standpoint, we put a lot of energy and emphasis into, um, and you mentioned a few minutes ago, um, telling our story. And it's like water dripping on a rock where you just have to iterate it over and over and over again. And so um, even beginning with the, the, the pre-employment journey, uh, as we're recruiting candidates and as we're introducing ourselves to people, we're reinforcing who we are, what we stand for, uh, what our reason for being is. And then when somebody gets hired, we put a lot of emphasis and a lot of uh, energy and structure into how we onboard, how we acclimate, um, how we assimilate people into the organization. Again, reinforcing this reason for being and then providing specific context and specificity around uh, how what you as an individual uh, you know, does every day reinforces our ability to execute and be true to that missional purpose. Um, and then as we you know, move forward through the employment life cycle, um, we're, we're regularly pulsing our culture story over and over and over again. And then one of my favorites personally is, um, you know, I work in a support center uh, a corporate office. And um, we have no customers in this building, nor do we have any cash registers. And I'm reminded of that. And so I make it a point to go out into the business on a pretty regular basis and walk communities and meet uh, prospective uh, homeowners and talk with our folks who are on the front lines. And that just um, reinvigorates me and keeps my energy up and, and, and gives me great clarity on what we're here for 
and then I can connect, you know, into my role and the role of others that I have the opportunity to support in making sure that we bring that missional purpose to life. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And, um, you know, I think that, uh, you'd shared with me a story, you know, people may not be used to the head of HR walking around or giving you a phone call. And it's like, at first it's like, Oh, wait a minute. Oh gosh, am I in trouble? Right. And no, it's, you shared with me that you're looking to, to, to create magical moments for people to, to improve people's lives. Right. And, and last time we met, um, you know, I, I'm gonna say you challenged me, but uh, you inspired me to think bigger, right? To say, hey, we all have a platform, and as an HR leader in our company, this this organization has a platform that I can use not just to improve our culture or, or, or you know the experience that someone has, but their generational having generational impact, right? So tell me a little bit more about that idea of how do we, from an HR leadership perspective, think bigger? How do we use this platform? What does that mean? How, what maybe some examples and what's your, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great, great comment. Great question. Um, you know, I'd encourage everybody not just to use your platform to do your job, but, you know, also use your platform to, to step out of your lane, you know, and, and, and in the HR space and the HR vocation, um, you know, there's a lane, um, kind of all things human capital, uh, whether it's talent management, uh, total rewards, you know, learning development, change management, um, talent act, et cetera. Um, I, I mentioned a few minutes ago, you know, I've had the privilege of working in other areas while kind of being anchored in HR. That's because I've gotten out of my lane. And um, I've said, you know, hey, I, I want to lean into the commercial engine and, um Maybe I missed the meeting, and this happened in the meeting I missed, but all of a sudden, the CMO is reporting to me. Um, or I was kidding about missing the meeting. Um, you know, or, um, hey, I, I want to get to know what's important to our customers and how we impact and influence NPS. And all of a sudden, you've got customer care um, that, that's you know, part of your organization. And so um, you know, stay in your lane and be functionally excellent in your lane, but do that in order to be able to get out of your lane. And, and again, think bigger and think better and, and with more of an expanse um, beyond just the traditional uh, functional uh, domain, you know, that, that many of us uh, have, have kind of grown up in. I think the, the other comment I'd make is, um, you know, back to magical moments. Um, um, you know, a, a lot of people, and, and, and this, I struggle with this sometimes, right? Because I'm not a big deal. Um, I have people I meet and they say, you know, hey, Mr. Henry. And I said, look, my daddy's Mr. Henry. I'm Kevin. Please don't call me Mr. Henry. Call me Kevin. And um, but the honesty is, you know, we're a big deal because of the roles we have, the titles that um, we wear around our neck. Um, and and it's it's a big deal. You know, if uh, somebody on this call reaches out to an employee out of the blue and just says, hey, Sally, you know, I just wanted to acknowledge you, recognize you. I heard about about the great work that you did last week or, you know, the service recovery that you executed. Um, it, it doesn't take much time for us, um, but it is incredibly impactful. Um, I'm a big fan of sending notes home. Um, you know, like everybody else, I have access to the HRIS system, so I can look up addresses and families and, and family members. And, you know, if you listen well, I remember listening on, on a trip once and somebody said, hey, my, my kid... They, they just made first chair violinist. 
you know, and it was it was kind of an impassing comment. And I'm at an age and stage now; I got to write stuff down. So when they're not looking, you know, I just make a note in my phone or write it down. And then I'll get back in my office and I'll look up the person and look up their kid, and and their kid is you know Johnny, and I may write a handwritten note on the back of a business card, address an envelope to Johnny, send it to Johnny's home, um, and then you know fast forward a couple of days later, Johnny gets some mail with the company stationery, and the parent is like, is that for me? And Johnny's like, no, actually it's for me. It's from some guy named Kevin Henry. And the, the parent goes, Kevin Henry sent you a note? What does that say? <laughs> well, it says, congratulations. Your dad is awful proud of you. I was traveling with him, and he made it a point to tell me that you made first chair violinist. I'm super proud of you. And then, you know, read on the back of my business card. And what I usually do is I make another note, and I say, this business card entitles you to the biggest freaking Sunday that you can fit in your mouth, you know, on behalf of your parents. And so you also create an opportunity for the parent in that example and Johnny to bond and for Johnny to know, man, my dad is proud of me. He's talking about me at work and the folks at work are listening. And so that's an example of a magic moment and it doesn't take much um, other than, you know, being intentional. No, I love, I love that story, Kevin. I love, so do, you know, own your lane with excellence, but use that as a way to step out and to um, learn the business, right? How you can have commercial impact. And while you're doing that, be attentive to those personal stories, right? That you can then create that magical moment. So thank you for sharing that, Kevin. Um, hang tight. We're going to, we're going to come back to you here in a moment, um, but really appreciate, you know, you just sharing uh, just, you know, kind of the overall uh, insights there. So wanna, I want to uh, move uh, to the conversation, uh, Sylvia, with you. I'm so grateful uh, for you joining us. Um, I've had the opportunity to, to get to know Sylvia. Sylvia is a, a Safeguard Products International is a customer of ours. And, um, uh, you know, Sylvia, I know that you've uh, led the people team CHRO at Safeguard I think for around 10 years or so. So you've experienced a lot um, and I'm just so grateful for you being willing to collaborate and just share about your experiences. And, you know, of course, what you're, uh, you know, focused on as you head into the new year from a strategy perspective, but um, would love if you could just give our audience a little bit of background and a little bit about, you know, your, your role, your mission, you know, at Safeguard uh, to kick us off. Thank you, John. Um, well, I'll start with, the fact that I've been married for 35 years to my wonderful husband, Bill, and I have a daughter who is out in California. Her name is Morgan, and she's trying to make it out there in the entertainment world. So we're all wishing her all the luck in the world. So, um, Kevin, I was so grateful to hear you talk about your family, and uh, we know that they're the ones that support us in everything that we do. Uh, I'll also mention that I am a rare Atlanta native. I like to say a Grady baby, if you will. And um, I attended Howard University, got my MBA there with a focus in manage labor management relations. Um, back then, I was thinking, hey, I really want to go to a company where I can cut my teeth on labor, really learn that skill set and that craft. And uh, at the time, the automotive industry presented the best opportunity for that. 
And um, at this point in time, I would say the automotive industry also presents the best opportunity for that. So uh, I went to General Motors, started my career there, and probably like many of you, um, just took some time to think about what type of organization do I want to be with? What type of culture uh, am I going to be most effective in? Uh, what do I want to be? Do I want to continue to specialize in labor or do I want to become a generalist? And what might that look like? So uh, the next move for me in my career was to go to PepsiCo because I felt that at PepsiCo, I would get an opportunity to really become a generalist and do so quickly. Uh, most of you, if you know anything about the PepsiCo organization, you know that you learn a lot there fast. They throw a lot at you quickly. And what it may take someone two years um, or 10 years to learn, you'll learn that in five years. So I targeted Pepsi and, and went there and was able to broaden my career as a generalist pretty quickly. From there, I was recruited away to uh, mobile, now ExxonMobil, and I spent the bulk of my career with um, ExxonMobil. Again, in a number of generalist assignments, um, compensation and benefits, international compensation and benefits, uh, M&A, I worked on the ExxonMobil merger and acquisition, recruiting, learning and development, you name it. And I got the opportunity to do an expat assignment in Singapore with um, mobile for three years. So spent some time doing that, got a lot of experience. And again, just thinking about my journey, trying to decide what do I want to be uh, with my career? What do I want to do with my career? What's my value proposition and, and what's important to me? And as I thought about what was important to me and what I really liked doing, it was really having an impact, uh, really being perceived as a business partner, uh, being with an organization that valued the HR function, uh, being with an organization that valued inclusion and diversity, and being with an organization that, that valued people in general. And I wanted to ensure that, that my values align with the organizational values. Um, the other thing that I really needed to figure out was what was my value proposition. And given that I had spent a number of years with a number of blue chip companies, I decided my value proposition is that I know what good HR looks like. I know what it looks like. I know what it looks like in every aspect. I know what it looks like uh, strategically. And I'm able to come in and build an HR function where that is needed. And so uh, for me, the challenge was both finding an organization that offered me the opportunity to do the things that I liked, which was to have impact and align with my values, and then also to find an organization that was in need of someone with my skill set. Um, as I thought about it, I began to target small organ private organizations that were experiencing high growth. So going from small cap to a, a mid cap company. And I found that a number of these companies were looking for someone to come in and really transition HR from the administrative function to more of a strategic function, basically build the strategy to support the uh, business strategy. And I set my target on those types of uh, organizations. And so 
Uh, after leaving ExxonMobil, I spent some time with Auto Trader here in Atlanta, spent some time with the Weather Channel, and then uh, really found my place with Safeguard Products International. Uh, I always say that Safeguard is the best kept secret in Atlanta. Uh, we are the number one provider of finance and insurance products for the automotive industry. So if you go out and you buy yourself a brand new Mercedes, a nice Porsche, uh, and you go and say, hey, I think I want some tire and wheel insurance on that. I'd like to maybe extend the warranty on that. Or maybe you want Denton Ding insurance or another way to, to cover that car. Uh, we're actually the service provider behind that product. So we provide the service and the products for those F&I uh, products. And that's who we are here at Safeguard, located right in Sandy Springs. Uh, we're over 800 employees. We're a private organization, private equity backed. We're based here in Atlanta as our corporate headquarters. And then we also have uh, facilities in uh, Canada, as well as Greenville, South Carolina and California. So I've been with Safeguard for 10 years. It's uh, been an excellent fit for me, both in terms of what I enjoy doing and also in terms of an organization that aligns with my values. Yeah, no, thank you, Sylvia. Appreciate that journey. Um, and, you know, having the reflection on, hey, how, what's my value proposition? How do I align that, you know, to the organization? And I know that, um, you know, data is very important to you, right? And, uh, you know, most recently, Safeguard under undergone an um, employee engagement survey. Um, I just wanted you to touch on, you know, a little bit about how you use employee feedback to drive employee experience strategy, how you use that to, um, uh, you know, as you're kind of thinking about, you know, the priorities and the areas that you're focusing on 2024, you know, how, how that, how that employee feedback kind of plays into that overall strategy. And we can go to the next slide as well, Melissa. Sure. Employee feedback is uh, very important to us and uh, any leader organization that uh, is is really worth its weight knows the link between customer satisfaction and employee satisfaction. And uh, I know that a lot of us went through the transition with the COVID, the pandemic, and we went through our, had our own experience as well. Um, one of the challenges that we faced post COVID was bringing a remote workforce back into the office and a remote workforce that didn't necessarily want to come back into the office. So one thing that um, we put in place that I found was very helpful is a cross-functional employee focus group. And we had that group tell us in real time uh, as we were all coming back to work, what was important to them and what were some of the things that uh, we could do as an organization to really make the return to work uh, more effective and make them more productive in, in their roles. So found the feedback from that group very helpful. Uh, and one thing that came out of that feedback was folks wanted a way to sort of jumpstart collaboration and, and teamwork within the organization. And uh, one thing that we did, and it was actually the, the idea of our CEO, Randy, is that we put a coffee bar in place in the middle of, of the building so that we could draw employees in uh, in an organic manner uh, to just collaborate more. And, and we found that that improved the productivity. So that's one way in which we use data. But 
Most recently, we completed an employee survey that was administered by Coolleaf. And uh, I'll say shamelessly that uh, Cool Leaf did an excellent job as an administrator uh, for us for the survey. Uh, we learned a lot of things. Some were surprising. Some were validated from the data that we received. Uh, we were assigned a, an administrator by Cool Leaf, and that individual did an excellent job of, from an objective standpoint, of dissecting the data and presenting it in a way uh, to us that made sense to us. We were looked at both data from our own results as well as data from normative data from external results and were able to sort of put into context where we stood there and uh, basically found that uh, key areas of concern for us were validated in the survey around employee collaboration and teamwork um, and, and really just the ability uh, for our employees to properly get onboarded uh, with our organization. Uh, for 2023, we hired 30% of our, our current employees are actually new to the company. And so um, those individuals were coming into an organization where we have a lot of homegrown systems and processes. And it was a big challenge for them to actually get up to speed and be as effective as, as they could be in the first 90 days. And so the feedback from the customer survey, from the employee survey told us that and really gave us some great ideas on some things that we can do to improve in that particular area. And that will be uh, one of the areas in which we'll be focusing on for 2024. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it, no, thank you for just, you know, the, the openness and, and sharing that, uh, Sylvia. And I hear from a lot of leaders, onboarding is a challenge. <laughs> And then on top of that, you know, how do you do that in a remote hybrid and, and you know environment as well? And you know that you know we have the backdrop, and so um, appreciate that. And I'm going to kind of use that conversation around data to kind of go into our next topic around, you know, this this past year, um, you know, a lot of organizations, you know, there's been budget cuts. There's uh, you know a lot of uh, focus on doing more with less, right? Um, so as an HR leader you know, how do we demonstrate ROI impact, you know, for the business? So I wanted to kind of start off this conversation. And so Kevin, Sylvia, you know, feel free to jump in here. And obviously this is a area I'd love to get questions from the audience too, is, you know, if, I, if I'm that HR leader in my organization, I'm constantly being pressured. How do I do more with less? How do I cut, 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 you know, yeah, I have, I have budget constraints. How do I optimize? Um, how do I really demonstrate the impact, the value of employee experience, people leadership to the organization? So I wanted to, you know, start, you know, feel free. So Kevin, I can, I can start with you or Sylvia, if you have, if you have a burning, you know, answer, you can jump in too, but, you know, how have you approached this uh, either at, you know, Safeguard now or Pulte Group now or, or, or previous organizations in terms of really starting to focus on business impact ROI from an HR leadership perspective? perspective. What does that look like as an HR leader? How do I start to approach that? What has some of your experience been, um, you know, around this topic? I guess um, I'll, I'll just give a recent uh, experience. Uh, one of the things that, that we try to do as best we can is monitor and measure, monitor and measure uh, the efforts and, and the, uh, the results of the initiatives that we put forth. And sometimes it's difficult to do that, but you, you, you know, try your best to do so. Um, recently, 
we found that our teams, our cross-functional teams were not working collaboratively. And uh, there are many interdependencies in the initiatives that we, we undertake. And so if our teams are not working together collaboratively, then uh, productivity is going to suffer, results are going to suffer. And so uh, we felt that we had to act quickly to do something to get the teams to come together. And what we did is we identified 25 of our key leaders who were responsible for leading and executing on critical initiatives. And we put them in an aggressive four month leadership development program that was really focused on cross-functional collaboration and, and some of the barriers to that. And, and the barriers were identified by, by those employees. So we put a customized program together that basically focused on learning and leveraging conflict. Uh, effective problem solving, leading effective teams, strategic thinking, thinking and practical application. Mm -hmm. And to ensure that, uh, in fact, that program was working, we would meet with the cohort of 25 after every session. We put them through half-day sessions twice a month. Uh, and basically, after each session, we would survey them. And we'd get a net promoter score on are these techniques and tools that we're giving you working? Do you feel that you can apply them to your, your uh, current roles? Uh, we had them bring specific company and team issues and conflicts that they were working on into the session to actually work. And we took the feedback from each of those sessions, uh, those net promoter scores, and used them to customize future sessions in, in a real-time basis. Uh, midway through that program, we had that cohort meet with our executive team to give real-time feedback, again, on what was working and what wasn't. Yeah. And part of that feedback uh, was to us, just around prioritization and how we could better help the teams execute by prioritizing more. So that's just an example of how uh, we use real-time data and feedback to uh, impact results. We have experienced increased results, we feel, because of that, better results. But we'll also be looking at the end of the year at some of the key initiatives that uh, have been targeted and the dates, uh, their effective dates, to ensure that we, in fact, hit the target. So we're constantly measuring those types of, uh, of, of initiatives. Yeah, no, yeah, thank you, Sylvia. I mean, I, I hear, and I think there's, uh, everyone would acknowledge this, you know, hey, engagement happens with your manager. And so by focusing on empowering, inspiring, enabling managers to lead their people to be most effective from a performance standpoint is, a, I think, a, a great way to drive impact, right, and ROI and value for the business. So I like that approach of saying, hey, we're going to create this leadership development program focused on our, our leaders, our managers, and empowering them. So love that. Kevin, any any uh, you know feedback or thoughts in terms of? I know you talked about getting into other lanes and understanding the commercial side of the business. Um, what are some of the? Is there an example or or any kind of perspective you can share in terms of how can HR leaders really drive ROI and impact for the business? Yeah, no, I appreciate the question, John and, and Sylvia. Love love what you guys are doing in your organization. I think that's a uh, a really nice blueprint um, to approach. You know, I, I've been, and back to my context, I've been here a little over five and a half months. And so kind of being parachuted into an organization, 
um, that's one of the first things people say. It's like, okay, so you're the new person. Um, what are you going to do? And, and why and how are things going to be different? And, and so one of the first things I did was invest a lot of time um, on listening tours and um, really just trying to understand um, what are some of the pain points, you know, what are some of the wants and needs of the organization um, so that I could, as, as Sylvia uh, described, kind of pick my spots and prioritize where we were really going to focus on, you know, initially, because you can't boil the ocean. And, um, you know, even if you could, the organization doesn't have the capacity uh, to, to adopt and um, absorb, you know, change and excess. Um, we also kind of adopted some principles. Um, action on what you know, not what you think. And um, focus on facts, not feelings. And, and so that's where, you know, data um, and, and fact-based decision-making, I think, really undergirds um, your credibility within the organization. I have an aspiration that I articulated to my team when I got here, and it's to be in the human capital space what the CFO's organization is in the financial space. You know, when the CFO's organization speaks truth, people go, that's truth. Um, and, and that's my aspiration for us in kind of the people and culture space. And in order to do that, we have to have a good command of the facts. We have to understand the correlation between what we do and what it yields and why it matters to the organization. Um, we, we are putting together a bit of a formula here. Um, um, which is C times C times C equals P. And so you say, okay, so what's that? It's uh, uh, capacity times capability times culture equals performance. And um, one of the first things I did when I joined the organization is we, we found you know, data analytics capability. We're fortunate we're on a Workday platform. We migrated there about a year and a half ago. So we're starting to get better intel, but we've also put together... Uh, quarterly reviews and a quarterly format where we engage with the business against these three C's. So you may say, okay, uh, capacity, what's that? Well, metrics we all have. It's it's time to fill, it's position fill rate, it's vacancy rate, it's cost of nonconformance. But we've back to storytelling. We've kind of bucketed that as the first C. And then you say, well, okay, what's um, capability? What is that? What does that mean? Um, well, we look at things like what are our average performance review scores? And most of us have a performance review process that's annual, so there's not a lot of bounce in it. But where you create bounce in it is we look at average performance scores, and we're going to begin looking at the average performance scores of those people that leave the organization, either voluntarily or involuntarily. And so that creates bounce as it relates to your average performance score. Um, and, and a few other metrics in that uh, capability bucket. Uh, DNI uh, metrics, belonging metrics, kind of go into that capability bucket. And then the last one around culture, you know, as, as Sylvia mentioned, it's, it's the Cool Leaf survey, you know, it's the Great Place to Work survey, uh, it's the Gallup survey, whatever instrument, you know, the, the folks on the call might use. 
but it's bringing all that data. It's exit interview survey, it's employment practice liability frequency trends. Um, so you've got C times C times C, and then we do a kind of a regression analysis to show what the yield is then on productivity for the organization. And even if you're, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let everybody know it in a secret. Even if you're wrong, if you do it consistently, you're right. If you're measuring yourself against yourself and how you're benchmarking over time. Even if it's not quite right, if you do it consistently, it is right because it gives you the insights in order to drive different behaviors to deliver different outcomes. You know, if you always do what you always did, you always get what you always got. And so yeah. if you don't like the outcome, do something different and get a different outcome. But um, we, we've used data, we've put together a framework, we've created a rhythm and a love language within the business, you know, to really um, earn the credibility to be able to, you know, provide some consultative insights uh, to help drive behaviors that, you know, hopefully impact the results of the business. I love it, Kevin. And um, yeah, C times C times C equals P. I love it. I haven't heard it put that way, but thank you for dropping that nugget of wisdom on us here. Kevin, Sylvia, thank you so much. This was amazing. And um, we're looking forward to continuing this conversation. This conversation was hosted by Coolleaf as part of a webinar titled Future Proofing HR, Driving a Positive Impact for Employees and Business in 2024. That wraps up another edition of The Great Retention. Thank you for joining us and being a leader who genuinely cares about recognizing and empowering the everyday hero and the team members around you. We are proud to support your leadership journey and grateful for your support of this podcast. If you haven't already, please rate the show on Apple Podcasts and share it with a friend. This helps us get this content in front of more aspiring people first business leaders. If you'd like more perspectives on how to create exceptional cultures around award-winning talent, Go to coolleaf.com and sign up for our newsletter to get them straight into your inbox two times per month. This podcast wouldn't be possible without the help from our production team at Chat with Leaders Media. Learn how you can launch your own podcast to grow your business at chatwithleaders.com. Thanks again for listening. Now go be people first leaders by celebrating and connecting your people today. HR professionals, thanks for listening. As promised, this episode of the Cool Leaf podcast is valid for 0.5 professional development credits towards SHRM CP, SHRM SCP, and HRCI recertification. To claim your SHRM credit, please visit www.coolleaf.com slash podcast slash SHRM. To claim your HRCI credit, please visit www.coolleaf.com slash podcast slash HRCI. Complete the three-question form to receive your certification code. That's coolleaf.com slash podcast slash SHRM and coolleaf.com slash podcast slash HRCI.